Today, I want to talk to you about this subject, the light of the world, the light of the world. Think about this for a moment. There are all types of lights. As we live life and go through life, we see all types of lights around us. And I'm just going to mention several types of lights. And when I mention these lights, I just, what do you think about when I say these lights? What, what kind of thoughts, memories come to your mind when I say flashing lights? When I think about flashing lights, you've got your own thoughts. I think, first of all, about a train and the lights come flashing and then the rail guard comes down and, and I, I just, trains irritate me. I mean, I'm impatient, you know, Lord, help me develop this fruit of the spirit of patience because I just get impatient. I'm going to hurry up, and then I hate when they're slow. And, and, and I think about Nebraska when I think about flashing lights and trains because Tiffany's parents live close to a, trail, a train track. And so when we go to Nebraska to see them, the kids always know we're close because we have to cross the train. And a train track, and it's a very active train track, and coal runs through there. And so, I man, we're always being stopped there by, by a train. But I think about Nebraska. And, and when, when I say stop lights, what do you think about when I say stop lights? I think about, first of all, I think about yellow. And when I think about yellow, I think about go. Okay, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Be honest, be honest, be honest. How many of you, when you see yellow on the stoplight, you think slow? How many of you, when you see yellow on the stoplight, you think go, go? Yeah, yeah, that's me. And how many of you get frustrated if somebody's in front of you and you know, and they stop on yellow, and you're like, what's up? We could have both made it. Mm, mm, mm. What do you think about when I say police lights? Some of you think about running, eh? Man, you're doing all kind of illegal stuff. I <laughs> run it. I think about my wife getting tickets, and my wife has got more traffic tickets, quite a few more than I've got. And I'm not saying men are better drivers than women. I'm just stating the facts in our marriage. All right, now, I think about my wife getting tickets. When I say, when I say a flashlight, what do you think about? I'll tell you, the first thing I thought about was, was a Boy Scout. And I used to be a Boy Scout. How many Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts in the house, former Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts? Yeah, yeah. Man, I used to be a Boy Scout go camping and have a flashlight out there and staying in a tent. And I, that's kind of what I think about when I think about a flashlight. What do you think about when I say lamp light? I think about the Cooper house because in our house we have lamps. My wife likes lamps. And, and about every day we turn on our lamps. And usually at nighttime in the living room when Tiffany and I are, are sitting there, we have the lights off except for the lamp light. And we just, we like lamps. So I think about my house when I think about lamp lights. Well, what do you think about when I say Candle lights. What comes to your mind? Candle lights. I also think about the Cooper house. My, my wife loves candles and she's always lighting candles. It seems like she lights them frequently after I go to the bathroom, but uh, <laughs> all right, I'm just playing, but, uh, but she does like to light candles. So there's oftentimes candles uh, around our house lit. Matter of fact, yesterday around the house, my wife had a candle lit around the house. And so I think about our house because my wife loves to light candles around our house. What do you think about when I say Christmas lights? Christmas lights. 
Man, I, I think about my kids, man. Uh, my kid, I think my kid, they love Christmas. I love watching them so excited. Matter of fact, I don't, ever, don't hardly ever go shopping on Black Friday, but I went out the Friday after Thanksgiving. But listen, I went out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, amen. All of y'all are done shopping by then. You know what I'm saying? And I went, and we just went to Target, let the kids run around and look at all the toys. And they were telling us all that they wanted in case he wanted a, he wanted a little fishing pole. It was a car's fishing pole. I want a fishing pole, Daddy. He's four years old. I mean, we were just having fun. My kids just light up for Christmas. I think about food when I think about Christmas. The Christmas cutout cookies that my wife makes. She makes this white chocolate with peppermint, peppermint that I love. I, I think about Brahms eggnog milkshake. Come on, somebody. Brahms, if you attend this church, the owner, you ought to give me a discount, my brother. I talk about your place so much. I know we got some managers that attend here, praise the Lord, but I love those milkshakes. Christmas time, and I think about the lights in our family. We get under the tree. Yesterday, we started our routine, and we get under the Christmas tree, and we pray together as a family and talk about lights and what Christmas is all about, Christ. That's what I think about at Christmas and Christmas lights. And What do you think about when I say the words, light of the world, light of the world? There's all types of lights, light of the world. Think about Jesus. Because here's what Jesus said about himself. In John chapter 8 and verse number 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. What I want to do today is I want to share three ways that this truth of Jesus being the light of the world, that how this truth impacts your life. Three things I want to share with you. The first is this. Here's how this truth impacts your life. The first way is that light invades darkness. Light invades darkness. Let me read it to you again. Jesus said in verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. You see, friends, Christmas is all about Jesus, the Son of God who left heaven and came to earth. He was born to a virgin named Mary, and, and Jesus said that he came as the light of the world. I want you to notice that he did not say that he came as the light for Christians. He did not say that he came for, as the light for good people. He did not say that he came as a light for people who have it all together. No, Jesus said, I came as the light for the entire world. And to, and to really understand the power and the significance of this statement that Jesus is the light of the world, you have to understand the context in which Jesus said it. So he said it in verse number 12 in John 8, but you have to understand the previous verses in John chapter 8 verses 1 through 11 before he gets to verse 12. And, and the context is this, there was a woman caught in the act of adultery and there were teachers of the law, religious people, the Pharisees, they were the religious people of the day, and they grabbed this woman, caught in the act of adultery, and no, no doubt this woman's probably naked and grabs a sheet and wraps herself up. She's ashamed and as they pull her out of the house and they drag her in the street and they throw her down before Jesus. And the teachers of the law, the religious people, they said to Jesus, Jesus, the, the law of Moses said that a woman like this is caught in the act of adultery should be stoned. 
And they wanted to condemn her. They wanted to kill her. Can I tell you, that's what religious people do. Even today, they condemn people. They point their finger at people. They talk down to people. People, they're sedity. They, 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 they think they have it all together, but other people don't. And religious people have forgotten where God has brought them from. Religious people have forgot their sin and their mistakes. Religious people forgot how they lived 20 years ago and 30 years ago. Some of them how they lived yesterday. And they forgot the grace of God in their own life. And here they are wanting to condemn her, wanting to point their finger at her, wanting to stone her. And they say, now, Jesus, what do you say we do? And the Bible says something interesting, that Jesus knelt down and he began to write in the dirt. You say, Pastor, well, what did he write? Well, there are many scholars, many people who have tried to say maybe what he wrote in the dirt, but I don't know what he wrote in the dirt. Maybe he wrote their names and their sins that they committed. I don't know what he wrote, but I do think it's interesting that Jesus knelt down at this very moment and began to write in the dirt. I, I somehow think it's symbolic that Jesus is letting these Pharisees, these, these teachers of the law know that, listen, I'm a holy God, but I came to work with dirt. I came to touch dirt. I came to invade darkness. I deal with the dirty issues of your life. And, and he's riding in the dirt. I deal, I deal, I deal with the dirty issues of your life. Because, listen, you came to kill her and to condemn her, but I'm not here to condemn her. I'm here to save her. You see, here's what, here's what the Scripture says regarding the story in John 8 and verse number 10. It says, Jesus straightened up and he asked her, woman, where are they? Because you know what Jesus said to them in the story? In, in, in just a few verses earlier, Jesus said to them, he that is without sin cast the first stone. If you don't have sin in your life, you don't got junk, you just go ahead and kill her then. And the Bible says they left one by one. He says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And then Jesus says this, then neither do I condemn you. Friends, Jesus didn't come to condemn her because he didn't come into the world to condemn people. He came to save people. He came to invade people's darkness. And listen, some of you today watching online in this place today, some of you have a wrong view of God. When you think about God, when you think about church, when you think about preachers, you think about condemnation. You think about they're going to yell at me and scream at me. You're thinking, oh, some of you hadn't been to church maybe in years. Maybe it's the first time in your life and you came for the Christmas series, Thanksgiving holiday. Man, so glad you're here. We created this environment that you would come and check out this church. And, and you're here and you're thinking, oh, no, it's pretty. You think, you're going to go to Hayalaha. You just, you're just like, when's it coming? I know it's coming. He's going to scream at me. It's, listen, Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. You have the wrong image of God. If you think God is mad at you and he hates you and he's pointing his finger in his face and he can't wait to get you, you've got the wrong image of God. Because here's what the Bible says. John chapter 3 verse 17 is so clear why Jesus came. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus shines his light into your life, not to condemn you, but to convict you 
you so that you can be saved, so that your sins can be forgiven. Yes, understand this. Yes, Jesus is a lot of the world. And he does shine his light in your life. Some of you may sense the shining right now. He's shining it in your life. But Jesus doesn't shine his light in your life to condemn you. You're no good. You're nasty. You're dirty. Look at what you've been doing. Look at you. I know what you did yesterday. No. He shines his light in your life so that you realize your desperate need for him. He convicts you of your sin, and maybe you feel convicted today. And Jesus is shining his light. He's invading your darkness, and you realize, you know, I've been lying. I've been cheating. I've been committing adultery. I'm hooked on pornography. I'm, I'm on drugs. I'm cussing people out. I got attitude problems. My heart is full of greed. And he shines his light in your life so that you see your own sin. You see your own darkness. And when the Bible talks about darkness, it's just a play on words talking about sin. And he shines his light in your darkness not to condemn you but to convict you. God sent his son into the world not to condemn you but to convict you of sin so that he can save you. And Jesus is the light of the world. And light came to invade darkness because Jesus is not afraid to deal with the dirty issues of your life. There's a second thing that I want you to see. A second thing, how this statement impacts your life, and that is this. Light pushes back the darkness. See, Jesus doesn't want to just invade your darkness and forgive you of your sins, but he also wants to push back the darkness in your life so that you can live a different life. Listen, Jesus came not only to forgive you, but he also came to give you a new life, that you would have a new way of living. And and notice what Jesus says to this woman in John chapter 8 and verse number 11. He says, she says, no one, sir, she said, and Jesus responded, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, listen, I want to save you. I came to convict you. I want to save you. I want your sins to be washed away. But he goes on to say, go now and leave your life of sin. I don't want you to live the same way. I don't want you to continue with the same addictions. I don't want you to continue with the same life. I didn't just come to forgive you. I came to give you new life. I came to give you a new way of living. I want to save you, and I want you to live different. So go and leave your life of sin, verse 12. And this is the statement in verse number 12. The very next verse, Jesus says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I I'm the light of the world. I came for the world. I came to deal with the dirty issues of people's lives. I came to deal with messed up people. I came to change a world, not, not just Christians and people who have it together. I came for the world. And he says this, whoever follows me, when I invade their darkness, I don't want to just invade. I want to push back the darkness in their life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Because I don't want to just forgive your sin. I want to push back the darkness in your life. You see, when I lit this candle, and as soon as the light, the fire, touched the wick, this candle began to be consumed. Matter of fact, if you could see this candle, how I can see it close up, you would notice that there is a liquid right now underneath the fire. 
Because candles, you see, they are created to be consumed. You see, candles, the only way they give off light is by being consumed. And the more, uh, the more light you want, the more the candle has to be consumed. Uh, there's one more I can light here. Let me light this last one. And the last one is now lit. And now that that's lit, it even gives off more light. But now it causes the candle to be consumed even more. And, and you know what else I like about candles? This happens to be a scented candle. And it's actually, it smells pretty good up here. Because this candle, when it's lit and it's being consumed, it actually smells Good. I think that's one of the reasons my wife lights candles around the house. I mean, you got all kind of odor when you got four kids. Amen. Eight and under. Praise the Lord. They're a blessing. But they put off some odor. Amen. And, and we like candles. And, and can I tell you, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, here's the gospel. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God, God himself, comes to live inside of you, and now you're light for the Lord. You're Jesus with skin on, and Jesus wants you to be light for him wherever you go. But the only way that you can be a great light for the Lord is he has to consume the junk in your life. When you get saved, when you come to Jesus, he invades your darkness, and you get saved just like you are. He saved you with all your mess and all your junk, but he don't want you to stay that way. That's why the Bible says this. I love this. Acts chapter 26 and, and verse number 17. Here, here's what Jesus tells Paul on his Damascus Road experience. It was his conversion experience that happened, happened several chapters earlier, but now Paul is telling others about this conversion, how Jesus changed his life. And he says this, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Listen, I want to turn you from darkness to light. I want to push back the darkness in your life, Jesus says. He goes on to say this, and from the power of Satan to God. Listen, I don't want you to continue to live under the power of Satan, under the control of Satan. And you can know today if you're living under the power of Satan by looking at your life, looking at the content of your life, the fruit of your life. What kind of fruit are you producing in your life? Is it fruit for the Lord or, or are you living a wild, loose, unholy, ungodly life? It's under control of the power of Satan. But that's not what God wants for you. He goes on to say, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's, that's light invading darkness to con convict you and to forgive you of your sins. But it doesn't stop there. And a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Everybody shout sanctified. That's a church word. Sanctified. Sanctified simply means to be set apart. It means to be holy, to be pure, to be set apart for the Lord's work. And so God wants to invade your, your darkness. He wants to push back the darkness so that you won't live under the power of Satan. He forgives you, but then he wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be set apart. And so what God does, and the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 29, it says that our God is a consuming fire. And so you get saved just like you are, but God wants to consume that junk, consume the filth, Consume the mess in your life. Here's what I want you to get out of this point. You don't have to continue to live the way that you've been living. Jesus wants to sanctify you. He wants to change you day by day, week by week, month by year. Consume, and the more he consumes you, 
the more light you are. It's hard to be a light for the Lord when you're cussing people out at work. See, it was, but I'm saved. Well, you saved, but you're nasty. Amen. <laughs> so he consumed because he wants your life to smell good. He wants you to be a witness for him at your workplace. He wants you to be a light for him at the kids' ball game. He wants you to be a light for him in your neighborhood. He wants you to shine. And so Jesus wants to consume the junk in your life. And, boy, I'm a living witness. Boy, my life was messed up, jacked up. I was addicted to all types of sin in my life when I came to the Lord at the age of 17. But I tell you, I'm not the same person I was when I was 17. I just didn't get saved. I'd forgiven. But God has changed me from the inside out. He's been consuming junk in my life. Ten years ago when I planted, started People's Church, Tiffany and I, I'm not the same pastor I was 10 years ago. God has been sanctifying me and purging me and cleansing me. And as every year goes by, I'm a different person because the God, the fire, the light of God is pushing back darkness in my life that I would be a greater light for the Lord. Listen, you don't have to live the same way. You don't have to live the same way. Jesus came, the light of the world, to push back the darkness in your life. There's a third thing that I want you to see. How how does this powerful statement apply and affect and impact your life? Number three is this. Light brings life. Light brings life. We learned in grade school that without sunshine, there would be no life possible on earth. You see, the sun provides the basis for all life on earth. If you take away the sun from the earth, all life on the earth would perish. And just as the S-U-N, the sun is necessary for physical life, the S-O-N, the Son of God is necessary for spiritual life. You see, friends, can I tell you, you're not really living until you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You don't know what real life is until you know Jesus. Here's what the scripture says in John chapter 8 and verse 12, back to our opening verse. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. I came to deal with the dirty issues of your life. I'm here for the entire world, for messed up people, for jacked up people. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I'm going to consume the junk. I'm going to push back the darkness in your life. Notice what he goes on to say. But we'll have the light of life. The light of Life, because Jesus comes and he gives us life. He gives us abundant life. You're not really living until you know Jesus. He gives life. The Bible says it like this in John chapter 14 and verse number 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, the only way to real life, real life, is through Jesus Christ, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. Please understand this. I want you to understand that there is eternal life. There is life after death. There is a heaven, there is a hell, and the only way to spend eternal life with God in heaven is through Jesus Christ. He provides eternal life. I want to share this last scripture with you. It, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12 says this, He who has the Son, S-O-N, has life. 
He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. He who has the Son has life, real life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Can I tell you, some of you, you didn't realize this is revelation to you. It's eye-opening. You're like, really? So I'm alive, but I don't really have life? Yeah, absolutely. And see, so many people, they're alive, but they don't have real life. That only comes through Christ. And so they spend their life trying to find real life. And they think, man, when I make more money, I'm going to have real life. When I get the car, I'm going to have real life. When I get the house, I'm going to have real life. I tell you, when I get married, I'm telling you, things will change. When I get married, I'm going to have real life. When I get the degree, I'm going to have real life. When I retire, I'm telling you, I'm just waiting. I know things are going to be different. When I retire, I'm going to have real life. When, man, if I can just find that next thrill, that next high, I'll have real life. No, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. You'll get, if you ever get all the things you think that will bring you life, once you achieve it, you'll find out you're still empty and you don't have real life. Because he who has the Son has life. It reminds me of an old song. The song goes like this. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. That person understood that real life only comes through Jesus Christ. And I'd rather have him than anything because he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son may be breathing but does not have real life. Jesus is the light of the world. He came to invade your darkness. He came to push back your darkness. And he came to give you real 